Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Raw Knuckles Podcast. Please like, follow, and subscribe. We had to leave a little time uh, for you two to get reacquainted with your <laughs> with your favorite student, Doug. Right? Three times. I coached him three times, Chris. Three times four. I coached him. Four. Well, three teams, but four years. Yeah, three teams. Yeah. Yoke, no. uh, his, his first and last game pro was with me. Yeah, well, right. We're, we're going to get into the nuts and bolts of that because I want to find out just what this fucking kid was up to when he played. I don't know if he, he's he been honest with me about how hard he works. And he always talks about how I've tough he played. I didn't work hard. I told you that. I don't know if I can tell all the stories off ice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I... No, this is only on ice stuff. We're only doing on ice stories here. I don't want to say anything about you and Kimmy Hirschwitz. <laughs> yeah. oh, all right. When I stepped on the ice, I never backed down, and I never stayed down. And I was vicious, and I was malicious, and I don't care. (laughs) I'm alive. He's a freaking madman. Look at him going to town. All right, let's get cranking here. I appreciate you joining uh, Tim and I today. Shed's good to uh, finally meet you. We yeah. played against each other. Yes, uh, we did. Back in the day in the 80s. And, um, yeah, I want to get back to that, just that starting your hockey career, get drafted by the Penguins. You start out with the Pens. Man, you, you were such a good player. You put the numbers up, and those four years in Pittsburgh – like after that, you go to Detroit. Like I would have thought you would have played um, longer and been able to put those type of numbers up until you retired almost. What yeah, that, that, that's very interesting, uh, Chris, how that happened. And, you know, sometimes you just get traded to the wrong team. And, you know, what? I, I got traded to Detroit, and then I had some, you know, they were just rebuilding. Uh, Eisman was a young kid then. Jock Demers came in, and he kind of liked those older defensive guys like, you know, Davey Barr and uh, and uh, Timmy Higgins and those type of players. And, um, hey, I love Probert. I love Kosher, uh, Stevie, Gallant. It was good, really good. Lee, we had, we had an old uh, teammate of yours on. Lee, why can't I think of his last name? Norwood. Lee Norwood. Norwood. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. No, yeah, good, good bunch of guys, but it just didn't work out for me in Detroit for whatever reason because Jock was uh, – a different guy and he wasn't it didn't work out for me uh, you know i i can't i don't want to blame anybody and blame myself yeah. on anybody no i no listen i get that you know this different situations you're in believe me i know when i left montreal i struggled a bit uh and and it was tough to get going somewhere else but you know again looking at those numbers did you have injuries during that time would did you have issues with injuries stuff like not, that not not till i got to toronto and i you know and i led the american league in scoring there and i got called up to toronto i blew a knee out you know we played four games in four days i played friday night in newmarket saturday night in binghamton sunday in baltimore bus home Got home at 10 o'clock in the morning, had 15 beers on the bus, and I got called up to Toronto <laughs> to, play, to play Calgary on a Monday night. And, you know, your senses weren't right, right? And I got hurt. Yeah. Gary Suter caught with a bad hit and blew a knee out, so that was almost a year of rehab there. So other than that, I didn't really have, you know, I had a bad wrist injury in Pittsburgh where I missed some time uh, one year, my third year, I think, there. But um, no, 
No, Did you I know you were getting traded, or was that just like a complete shock? It, it was right on the deadline, and it was a great story because we just uh, went through the West Coast. Back then, there was only, you know, L.A., and uh, you did your Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg yeah. shit. So we're, we had one last game in Washington. It was on the deadline, March 13th, or whatever that deadline used to be. And I remember Mike Bullard and uh, Normie Schmidt, where he went out and had a couple beers at the Red Lobster, because that's all we could afford in those days, Red <laughs> Lobster. <laughs> so, and I get home, and the deadline was at 12 o'clock. I get back to the room, Mike Bullard and I are roommates. And the, of course, the phone rings at 5 after 12 at night, right? And Bullard's on there, and Bullard's a prankster. He's a fucking, you know, he just, he, he tells lies and stories all the time. He goes, yeah, EJ, how you doing? Eddie Johnson, EJ, how you doing? Yeah, 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 Shezzy's right here. And I'm going, I'm not getting on the phone. You're joking. You're, you know. And he goes, no, Shezzy. I, I said, hang up the phone. So I hung up the phone, and of course, it rings right back, and it was Eddie Johnson. He goes, <laughs> you're trading Detroit for Ron Duguay, and that's when Don Cherry said, well, they both got great hair, but Shed will score more goals. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that's great. So we go back to growing up. You grew up in Ontario, and, and you obviously a Leafs fan. You had to be a Leafs fan, although you were close to Detroit where you grew up, right? You were close Well, where I was born in Wallsburg was close to Detroit, yeah. But I, I basically grew up in Barrie, which was an hour uh, south yeah. of Toronto. So yeah, I was yeah. a Leaf fan. I was no question. I was a Leaf fan. So growing up as a Leaf fan, and you played Kitchener Rangers, played. Uh, and I don't know why they did this, but what a name, the Hamilton Fin Cups. I, I mean, what? Why did they change that name? Well, the, the two owners, the, the the owner one owner was a Finocchio, and the other guy was a Cupolo. So they just they that, that that's how they got the name Fin Cups. Wow. So when the new ownership come in, they change it, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, when, the, the, right. when Finocchio and Cupola sold the team, that's, uh, yeah, basically that's when they, well, they moved to Brantford. They moved to Brantford Alexanders. Yeah. So your junior career um, played a few different teams. Like I said, Sault Ste. Marie. Um, how, how, when you were in the Sioux, uh, you get drafted that year? Was your draft year 80 or yeah, I got, 79? Yeah. Yeah, when uh, you guys took Wickenheiser, right? The first overall yeah. pick. Yeah, that was my draft with Coffee and all those guys. Uh, you know, the, I, was, I was 61 born, so like that was a pretty good group of guys that were drafted that year that I played against. And I got traded for Coffee in junior. I got traded for Gaston Gingras, who you played with, I'm sure, yeah. in Montreal. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it's funny, and I, I ask because you look at the league today, you know, the draft, everybody goes. I got, I, I've said this before, but I I got drafted by the Habs, 78. I got a fucking letter in the mail two weeks later saying I was drafted <laughs> and I'm, I'm invited to training camp. And now, guys, they all, what, what do you think of that? When guys, you see all these young kids, they go to the draft, they get up, they can't, they're all trained in media before they go. Oh, it's for like sure. crazy. And you're required to do 20 push-ups at training camp. And... <laughs> <laughs> Nuts. Did but, you know? Uh, did you know? Did you go higher? Like, did you go where you thought you were going to go in the draft? Or did you no, I, I Sioux St. Marie, when I got traded up there to Kitchener, uh, they were last place team, so we didn't make the playoffs in junior. So I was rated like around, you know, again, there's only 21 teams back then. So I was rated early in the third round, and I thought I was going to go to Minnesota because Lou Nanny was a Sioux guy, and I got all kinds of reports that Lou was going to take me in the third round. and 
you know, end up going fifth round to Pittsburgh. So fifth round to Pittsburgh, you go to Pittsburgh, uh, you know, we, we see the numbers and they're great numbers. You come in there, your rookie year, you did well. And, uh, you were there for Mario's rookie year. Uh, and I always tell this story. I remember I was here in Montreal and he played a game at the forum and all the, and again, I didn't know shit about junior hockey uh, growing up in, the, in Boston. I knew nothing about matter of fact, I always say if I played junior hockey, I probably would have been a first round pick. No, you know, I, sure. I, I, sure. I really believe I would have, but I, I went the college route. I knew nothing about it. Anyway, I watched him, Mario Lemieux, playing at the Forum. They had a game. He was playing for Lavelle. And I watched him, and I'm going, what is all the talk about? This guy, he was, he he floated around. He didn't I, – I think he had an assist in the game or something. I mean, he ain't that good, right? The one game I saw him, go figure. And then he comes <laughs> to the NHL, and he just starts ripping it apart. How, how was that when he came in? What was the hoopla like? What, you know, the expectation well, down in Pittsburgh? You know, it's funny because just lately on on uh, TikTok, they they have a great big story on, um, you know, how the Penguins fucking died that year, so they get Mario Lemieux, and obviously I was part of that team, and we, we I had thirty four goals that year with twenty games to go. I, I came home one night and I told my wife, I said, I'm going to get fifty this year. I'm going to get fifty. I got one the rest of the year because they called up everybody from Baltimore, 12 guys from Baltimore, and I got one the rest of the year. I, I didn't play power play anymore. And so did did we tank to get Mario? I have to believe the players, we don't know. We don't know they're doing what they're doing. They're yeah. just looking, we're in last place. Let's give all these American League guys a chance. Vincent Trombley was a goalie. He couldn't stop a beach ball of the broom. He played like six, <laughs> seven games. So, like, it, you know, it was just – it was hilarious. And looking back on it now, yeah, did they do the right thing? Absolutely. You know, Devils got Kirk Mueller. Kirk was a great player, a great guy, everything else, but he's not Mary Lemieux. Right. Now, who was running the show back then? Eddie Johnson was the GM. If you remember, Baz Bastien got, yeah. got killed in a car accident one night at a team party at uh, Froggy's downtown Pittsburgh. Which I'm sure you were there once or twice, Chris, when you went into no, Pittsburgh. I was. I was at Senior <laughs> Froggy's. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> so he got killed. You know, bless his heart, he got killed in a car accident going home. And then Eddie took over. And then he hired Lou and Gotti as the coach that year. And, you know, yeah, the documentary is pretty true. I think that they knew what they're like. Eddie knew what he's doing. He was had he had to save the franchise. They're getting six thousand people a game, and Mario's the biggest name to come come in. And and I told the story because I just we just signed Nick Ritchie here yesterday at my team in Islam. Oh, cool! And he walks on the ice and he falls right down right away. He falls flat in his ass, and you know everybody's going, "What the hell is going on?" This guy, NHL player. I said, "You know what? Mary Lemieux did the same thing." All the cameras were there the first day of training camp. He steps on the ice and falls flat in his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but he turned out to be pretty good. So, yeah, well, yeah, when he come in, and again, it's funny you say that because, you know, all the talk now in the NHL, when you see teams not doing well, oh, they're tanking. You always hear everybody saying they're tanking. But, boy, it wasn't – I guess the exposure wasn't there like it is now. Right? No. Obviously, the media. But back in the day, obviously, you know, bringing all them guys up, not playing you, not playing other guys, I'm sure it had a huge effect on that. And it did save the franchise because 
I think before that they struggled a bit and they were struggling with attendance. I remember Pierre LaRouche was there, right? And Pierre, yeah. lucky yeah. Pierre was, you know, he, he was, you know, doing his thing there, but he certainly wasn't the type of guy that could save a franchise like Mario. And, no. and how did things change when he got there? Well, like, you know, other I mean, than the way he played, but how did it change? You know, again, the guy's 18 years old, right? He's coming in as an 18 year old. He got 99 points his first year. So, like, you could, you could tell he's so big, and, and you're right. You know what, Chris, you watch him, you know, he's lazy, you know. He, he, but those big men, for some reason, they look that way, but they're really not. Yeah. Like, and, again, once he grew into his body, like, we had a test back then where you had to do 175 pounds 15 times on a bench press. You know, Mario's got a cigarette in his mouth in training camp. He couldn't. He, he's got arms on like spider's elbows. Like there's no chance, no chance he could get that off the bar. And he, he said, "What are they gonna do? Cut me? They're gonna send me down?" <laughs> didn't you? Didn't you say you wanted, You had to do like a run too, and he just like turned back or something? Yeah, well, he says, "What? Are they gonna they gonna cut me?" He kept saying that. They're gonna cut me. And I, I don't think so, Mario. I think you're pretty safe. Good for him. But yeah. Lay the law down. We saw what happened to Pacioretty, right, this year or when he was in Carolina. You know, they were running. He tore his Achilles. They were running, like, doing sprints or something, you know, like blue line to blue line and, and rips his Achilles. And well, I, I, watch, I, I watch these guys get ready for a game, and I've been coaching for 32 years now, and I, I, I can never play the game, what they do before the game. <laughs> yeah, right? I know. You're dead. Right? It's great. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know how they play it. So, all right. Yeah, your playing career, obviously, um, you, you know, again, you put the numbers up. And when you have your last year in Newmarket, um, were you struggling with, should I retire? What should I do? Obviously, you, you do go to Europe. But, you know, back in our era, certainly the eighties coming out of there and coming out of the game. Um, there was no transition there for players. There was no like, Hey guys, when hockey's over, you know, they always tell you get ready for it, but I don't care how much you prepare. You could have all the money in the world. You're never ready for that shock and not playing anymore. But did you struggle with that a bit? Um, no, when you I left didn't the game? A, Chris, I didn't have a, ch a chance to think about it. Number one, that last year I, I got called up to Toronto and I led the Leafs in scoring when I was there for 23 games. I had like, yeah, I, I saw that you had 18 points, 23 games. Hello. Yeah. And Wendell Clark and, uh, you know, who's a good friend of mine still today. They went nuts. They sent me down because they got Mary Marowak come back off an injury and they're going. And when I went up there, we started winning and we were challenging for a playoff spot. I got, Scored two big goals in Minnesota one night. We won two one, and then when they sent me down, Brad Marsh and Clarkie, they they went crazy. They go, "What are you fucking sending him down for? Like he, he's he's leading our team in scoring." So that broke my heart. That did. Who was a genius? Who was a genius running the team then? Um, uh, Floyd Smith. There you go. That explains it. <laughs> yeah, Tom Watt was the coach, and I loved Tom Watt. I thought he was a great coach. He's a great guy to play for. And, he told it like it is, and uh, and you know Brad Marsh says because it's funny we're leaving Minnesota one night and he goes we just won two one Shedsy got both goals yeah it doesn't matter as long as the team won he goes it's gonna matter tomorrow when you send him back down to American League <laughs> unbelievable so that that really broke my heart because I knew that was my last chance at sticking the National Hockey League really and that, you know, I did I did everything I could to be successful and I played with Cruz Kruzelinski and Clarkie and I were aligned. And then the next year, I, I had nothing going on. And then 
Italy called me. I went to Bolzano and played in Bolzano and had a wonderful life there and, and loved it and beautiful and a bunch of great old NHL guys playing over there, Napier and Flockhart and those type of guys. And then the next year, I went to Milwaukee on a tryout. And again, I screwed my ankle up in Italy. I, I hit a rut and I tore all the ligaments in my ankle. So it never healed. But the next year, I, went, I got a trout in Milwaukee and Kurt Fraser said, Listen. How old are you at this time? Sorry, by the way. 30, 31. Okay. Right. 31. Right. So Kurt Fraser said, Sheds, we just, you know, don't retire. You're playing well. We just don't have any contracts. So Bruce Boudreaux was at the training camp. He goes, Why don't you come be my player assistant in Muskegon? In, the Colonial League or whatever it was called back then. So I said, well, well, whatever, I might as well. I went there and I was leading the league in scoring and doing pretty well in that. And then Wichita called me and I tore my ankle up again. And Wichita called me and said, we were looking for a head coach that played in the National Hockey, will you take the job? So Chris, I jumped right over the fence. I had no yeah. time to think about it. I jumped right over the fence. Well, good for you. Good for you. Because a lot of guys, they do struggle. A lot of guys try and Absolutely. stay in the game. They don't. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And they struggle. I know I have my issues and struggles. Um, certainly when I left the game, Bolzano, it's funny you were in Bolzano because, uh, that year, that was my last year NHL came back to Montreal, 91, 92, the curtain call. See you later. I'm done. I got an invite to come to Bolzano the following season. Really? Yeah. And I didn't <laughs> go because you know, I'm married. I got three young kids. I mean, what? I'm going to chase it. What am I going to go over there? God's country. I always kick myself in the ass oh. that I didn't do it. I had Scott Scott Young. He's a Boston guy, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, came, he, he was playing with me over there. It was It's such a beautiful area. Like northern Italy, it was so – and back then, they are paying pretty good money for the guys. There. How, but, how but, was the actual hockey? Didn't you say you – I remember you told me a story. A guy cracked you over the head at one, one game. Yeah, a guy I grew guy? up with. Chris probably fought him a couple times. Bill Stewart. <laughs> Oh yeah, Billy Stewart. Yep. Yeah, he, yep. he he hit, he gave me a uh, Fred Flintstone right over the head, cracked the helmet right in half. <laughs> I fought him in the American League. I know my first year. That's where I fought Stewie. Yeah, um, Stewie, good guy, tough guy, but he you know he's yep. kind of a little little mental at times. Yeah, a little bit if you're gonna do that to someone, obviously. <laughs> well, um, and, and he was pretty cheap, pretty cheap guy. But he he felt so bad after the game because my head was leaking like crazy. I got a bunch of stitches in Italy that. They don't believe in freezing. They just stitch your head up. I, I'm, you know, I'm going, put some freezing in there. No, no, double the money, double the money. So that <laughs> after the game, Stewie bought me five beers. He, he felt so bad. <laughs> um, so, God, what's it going I, Oh, were you, were you in pit when I threw the puck at Paul Baxter? Oh, yeah, for sure. You were there, right? <laughs> yeah, because Tim heard this story. I got to get Baxter on here to tell that. I got to get his number from someone, but I want to have him on to talk about that. Um, I'll never forget that night. Crazy. Um, well, Baxter, Baxter, he was pretty, he was pretty, you know, he's a pretty tough guy. Like him and him yeah. and him and Lickbag Price there, they were, they were good for us. <laughs> Lickbag Price. <laughs> but Baxter, he coached in Finland against, when I was playing for you. I remember yeah, that. He coached in IFK. Yeah. And yeah, we had a few in, insults at each other and he tried, he, he tried to get me uh, a few times uh, to join the club with him, but I, I never did. Well, it's incredible, uh, your uh, coaching career, when I look at it. And, you know, that transition right from playing into Wichita, 
you don't make the playoffs that first year, and then you win the championship next two years. I took, uh, well, then, I, took I, I took over halfway through the year from a, from a Boston guy. You probably know this guy, Chris, Gary Faye. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah, Jesus, Gary Faye. <laughs> yeah, that's who yeah. I took over halfway through the year. We're 6-22, and 22 and I took over. We almost made the playoffs that first year. We almost made the playoffs. Yeah, well, you certainly got in there next year and did your thing, won the championship next two years. Then uh, you end up in the coast. I, I was there the same time as you. Well, for a little bit. I had two years in the coast with Where Chesapeake. I was in Chesapeake. How's that? We're both in the same league. You didn't even know I was there. <laughs> well, uh, we never I never played you. I never played you. No, we never played against each other. Yeah. I I was there 97, 98, 98, 99. Okay. Um, well, I was in the coast from ninety five to ninety there ninety nine in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. The ice gators and yeah. uh, eleven eleven thousand eight hundred every night. I, I know, unbelievable. <laughs> really? Right? Yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Sold out every night. They had more fans than some NHL teams. And 80% 80 of them were girls. (laughs) Right? (laughs) It was, you know, and the the town was only 100,000 people. So, like, we're getting 10% of the population come to the games. Yeah. They had a a pretty good marketing strategy, right? The the guys who own that. It was unreal. It was, was unreal. Was that the only team in town? Was that like, was there, there's no other sports, college? Nothing? Tim, Louisiana. <laughs> well, they have the I ra- see that, but, you know. They had, you know, the college football raging cage. Yeah. Okay. Different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, no, that was, that was amazing four years of my life there. We were treated like gold down there. I thought it was in the NHL. And you weren't. But is that the ultimate goal for you at that time? Are you saying, listen, I'm going to make my way. And I, listen, I coached two years there. Um, my first year, I got coach of the year, the uh, John Brophy Trophy. Okay. And second year, I had expansion team. Both years, we made the playoff. I thought, geez, I got a good shot at the American Hockey League after my second year. I wasn't, I guess, planning to stay in the East Coast Hockey League for a long time. They moved the franchise to Jackson, Mississippi the following year. Okay. And, and I, um, I left. I had a shot at the job in Providence. Pat Burns was in Boston. He okay. wanted me in Providence. I got a phone call the night before they're going to hire and said, um, you got the job. And then... The next day, when I think they're going to call me to go to the press conference, they call Michael Collin calls me and says, listen, um, we decided to go in another direction. Um, and I said, okay, I get it. Uh, cool. I said, "What? who would you end up going with? And he said, Peter Laviolette. And Chris, I'm going to be totally honest with you. We wanted you, but the owner, Ed Anderson of Providence, wanted Peter because he knows Peter really well. And he, Peter played there for him like three years or something. I'm like, okay, I get it. So that's the honesty. That's the honesty. And, and that, in, our, in our business, that's what happens. That's just yeah. exactly what happens. Yeah. And I say, you know what? And that's when I found out too, if you're not saddled up with someone, it it, it is tough to to kind of get that next level. Well, when, yes I went to, no. when I went to the American League with St. John's in Toronto, Pat Quinn hired me, and Pat Quinn and I were we got to be really close. 
And when he, the battle was going on, whether he was going to be GM and coach, and he decided, you know, he thought he'd have both. And Toronto said, no, you got to take a pick. And that's when they hired John Ferguson Jr. And that uh, that's how I got screwed out of, out of Newfoundland because Pat took the coaching job. And then, you know, John brought his own person in that he liked. Yeah. And, and Pat was pissed off. Pat goes, he promised me you're going to be the coach next year. And I said, well, that's 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 what happens. If you would have kept the GM job, I would be the coach here still. <laughs> so that that was my biggest chance, I thought, of getting the NHL. Other than when I coached Finland in 2008, we won the bronze medal at the World Championships. in uh, They were in Halifax and Quebec City. And I thought after that year I'd get some looks. I really thought I'd get some attention. And it just didn't happen. Weren't you the – you were the first – was that the first import coach for that – Yes, for yeah, Finland. Yeah, crazy. yeah. Wow. So I really thought something was going to happen that year, and you know, it's funny. I ran into Daryl Stittler and and Lanny McDonald in Halifax because they had kind of a uh, reunion for the '76 Canada Cup team or whatever it was. And so I'm walking into the game in Halifax and sit, and you know, I know Daryl from a lot of golf tournaments and Lanny and all that. And they said, "What are you doing here?" <laughs> I said, well, I, I, I coach Finland. <laughs> they, they had no idea. <laughs> you can't be here. Oh, fuck, that's so funny. And were you not getting any, no assistant job offers? That wasn't even an option. You, you didn't want to be assistant coach? No, I would have. Randy Carl, Carlisle asked me in 2007 when he took over the job in Hanheim we, because we were buddies from Pittsburgh and that, and we still are friends. And and IFK, HIFK in Finland, Dave King had just quit on them to go to Russia for more money. So then they hired me, another Canadian, which they wanted Canadian coaches all the time. So they hired me, and Randy called me like a week after, and I said, well, fuck, you know, I can't quit. They like King already walked out. I can't walk out on him. So, I, you know, should I have took the assistant coaching job and won a Stanley Cup maybe in 2007, 8, whatever it was? But, yeah, but... I just couldn't walk out on them. Yeah, it's funny. When you're head coach, it's it, it, like the other way for me. Uh, I coached that one year in Jersey with LaMere. It was a year after they won the cup. And uh, I was gone after the year. And I get it. Like, I've, I don't know how many times Tim has heard this, but, <laughs> like, the guys guys thought they had two assistant coaches. I was not a good assistant coach. I couldn't be one. I, two I'm head not a, coaches. They thought they had two head coaches, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's the players felt like they had two head coaches. I wasn't, a, you know, patting guys in the ass and fucking babying them, and I did. I couldn't do that. Yeah, I couldn't do it. No, I, I the only time I was ever assistant coach was with the, in the Spenler Cup. I was assistant coach with Messier, who had never coached a fucking down in his life. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, Crawford and and McTavish. There were th- three different years where I assisted those guys. Then I took over after that to Spenler Cups, but. And, you know, I'm just not very good at that. Yeah, I, I can certainly understand that, no question about it, because I lived it, and it wasn't any, And that's when I went to the East Coast Hockey League, you know, the year after I had that head coaching job. Anyway, so off to Finland, you know what I want to ask? And, and again, you, you, Sweden, Finland, now the Swiss League, and then um, uh, in Germany, uh, how difficult – being a North American coach, is it with the language barrier? Is there one? Does it happen? I mean, guy, hockey's hockey, I get it, but that language barrier, have you run into that in your coaching career, and how'd you overcome it? 
You know, if I can go back, Chris, um, when I first went to Finland, like not ever coaching in Europe before, it was very foreign. Number one, the names. Like I, I just japped the names of the guys. Yeah, right. I, I, <laughs> but they all spoke English, so that was no problem. Like the Finns are very smart people, and, but they're just the way they uh, trained. And you know, Tiger knows this too. Like the, the, it was yeah. just different for me. It was really different. And then, but no, and then I went to Switzerland and, uh, you know, again, everybody spoke English there and uh, the training methods are obviously just a little bit different. But like you said, hockey's hockey. The only time I ever got into some language problems was maybe when I went to Slovakia. It wasn't, yeah. uh, you know, those guys didn't speak a, a whole lot of English, but we still got by. We still got by. So <laughs> the answer to the question is no, I don't think it's ever been a problem. When you coached at IFK, Kimmy, he mentioned this kid, Kimmy Hirschovitz. He told me there's a boat nux that goes from Helsinki to Stockholm, and Viking. it's like you're you're not Viking. going on you're not going on there and drinking water is all I'm saying. Like you're, and so sheds I guess early on with his first team in Finland, you know the guys didn't really know him, and and um, something happened where you you fell down like a flight of stairs or something. No, no. And Hirschovitz said, Hirschovitz said, he's like, coach, you all right? He's like, I played 400 fucking NHL games. Like, let's get the right guy. What happened? What happened? (laughs) No, I I, I remember, because all you hear about is the Finns, how much they drink, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. When they get the green light, they don't do it every day like North Americans. We go have a beer every day kind of thing. They don't do that. But when they get a green light, so the, my first training camp with IFK, we're on an island, Maramahiki Mer, or something like that, between Finland and Sweden. So, <laughs> yeah. so I keep saying to my assistant coaches, where it's a small island. There's only like two pizza parlors and one bar. So, you know, I'm going out for a beer and I'm going, assistant coaches, the players not drink? He goes, no, they're not going to drink. I said, I thought they liked that. He goes, no, They'll, on the boat ride home at the end of the <laughs> week in training camp, Look out, Loretta. So <laughs> we get on the boat at 12 o'clock at night going from Sweden back to Finland. And the one guy, Yari Carlotti, you know, <laughs> famous guy, he, he orders 100 Jägermeisters. Or is 100 Jägermeisters. He goes, and I said, oh, I guess the party's on. Yeah, they said, now it's on. Um, <laughs> but I don't know it's if true, I fell though. I don't know. I'll, we'll blame that. We'll just say, but it's I'm, true, though, Nux. Like, you, when, we, when we get a green light, you know, like a day off, like these fins would the they'd be parties. falling off bar stools and shit. Like, that's how you – like, it was nuts. Yeah, they'd pass out, get up and start drinking again and just keep going. <laughs> yeah. So, <That's> <laughs> coaching uh, and the short time I coached, um, I one thing I didn't like about other coaches as a player and as a coach when they yelled at other players on the ice. Yep. I fucking hated that. I had a guy, I, I forget his name, his assistant with the Islanders once, yelled something off the bench, an island, you, whatever, and I turned around, and he was like, and it, it just pissed me off so much. I was coaching the East Coast League, Roanoke, Scott Gordon was coaching. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he was fucking the, yapping at my players, right? The, commi- the commissioner, Commissioner Gordon. Oh, <laughs> oh. so... He has to walk by my bench between periods. <laughs> he the, took the long way. The, he take the long way. <laughs> no, he came by. He made a mistake coming by. I can snapped on him. He walked. He was almost by center ice to get to his bench. He he walked like five feet away from the boards. I'm there. You, 
Anyway, my players certainly loved it because I was sticking up for them, right? Sure, they loved sure. It. I and, uh, actually, and, I, I I wasn't you know I wasn't a big fighter as a player, you know that. No, but no. I, I I fought more times as a coach than I have as a player. <laughs> well, well, I was going to get to this. <laughs> Don't worry, I was going to get to this, and uh, that goes back to uh, the the Central League days, and you end up fighting uh, Mister Pulaski. What oh, what great, went great. on there? Greg Pahalski, yeah, Pahalski, yeah. That was in the Colonial League or whatever the fucking league was called. I don't remember. <laughs> it was I was in Flint and he was in Port Huron and he had some, you know, he had some big boys like Jason Simon and some guys like that. And I didn't really have a big tough team or that. Mark Major is the only guy I had. I think that was tough. And anyways, going into the game, the papers are he's you know he's kind of saying some stuff in the papers that we're kind of a chicken shit team kind of yeah, thing. Basically, right? basically, if you're smart enough, you can read between the lines what he's calling us. So, and I I don't remember who won, what happened, but all I remember in Port Huron, you ever been in Port Huron that ring? Never, thank God. Okay, well the home team's <laughs> dressing rooms up the stairs, the visiting team's down the stairs. So we're walking off and fucking their players are throwing water bottles at us and, and stuff like that. And, you know, it was, it was kind of ugly. And, and he stuck, he stuck his fucking neck out. And I said, and you, I said, get the fuck down here. So he came down and, you know, he smashed his glasses in a little bit. And <laughs> Give him a black eye. I, I can I, certainly, I can certainly see that uh, with coaches. You get pissed at some of the, sometimes when guys do stuff or they say things, I certainly get it. Yeah, was Gary, that the, Gary Unger and I met at Center Ice one night too in Tulsa. <laughs> right. So that wasn't the only night. So you're no, all fiery. Uh, there's been a few. And as we get older, Chris, we don't get that emotions anymore. I, I was a young, fiery guy. Like I was, I was a little maybe you know off the limits a little bit. Like a tiger, I think in the in the finals against Burn, I almost got into. No, a that's the Burn. clip you were watching, Nux. I saw, I showed these guys the clip. Of yeah, like, with, uh, going like this. with with Lapierre, you and Lapierre just fucking getting shit started. The one I saw was with was it uh, Lewenberger, the guy? Lugano. Yeah, Lugano. Yeah. It was a, Lugano. in Lugano. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, I you know, saw you going. <laughs> again, as as we get older, you don't take those things as serious anymore. Like, but I was oh. I was pretty fiery when I was younger. Shed, yeah, Shed used to be like no one like he like the he would have like no one talk to the refs, and as soon as the puck dropped, he would be just motherfucking the refs. <laughs> it was amazing. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah, I'm still that way. Don't talk to him. Just leave him alone. You. Know, <laughs> How, um, I noticed you're calling Tim, he got more fucking nicknames. Yeah. He doesn't know Stakes, my name. Whitey, <laughs> Tiger, what's the other one? Butch? Buster. 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 Butch. Butch. Yeah. Butch. Yeah. We'll yeah. give you Butch too now. Yeah. Yeah. Christ. No, nicknames. <laughs> no, no, we all know Whitey. Us old guys know Whitey. Yeah. Whitey Stapleton, yeah. right? Chicago yeah. and everything. But what? No, when he came to Helsinki, he looked like a young Tiger Woods. Yeah. I mean, tiger. the whole, all the Finn, everyone called me Tiger. Tiger. Like Finnish guy would be like Tiger. <laughs> it was more like a pussy cat, Tim. You are not a Tiger. <laughs> He's a little. Oh. He was a little fast rat. Was what he was. <laughs> yeah. So, um, God, the Swiss League in Zug, you were like, when when you look at your coaching career, though whole career which was the favorite place to live not coach live lugano yeah yeah 
piece of art. You can't even explain it. Like you can't, it's, it's most beautiful place in the world that has a hockey team. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've never been over there. One of my, my dream, one of the guys, um, you know, the Sassy brothers, I think it was Marion lives in Lausanne. Lausanne. Yeah. I played, yeah, with, the yeah. I played with the Stassnys. Yeah. So yeah, he told nice me how beautiful too. it is. There's not a bad sit. There's not a bad uh, place in Switzerland. Maybe right. Langnau. Maybe Langnau is kind yeah. of like. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the Swiss League uh, in Germany. You're in Germany, right? Are, are you there now in Germany? Yeah, I'm in a place called Israel now. I took over. You know, still there. Usually, when you take over teams halfway through the year, they're not in first place, right? <clears throat> no, I was going to ask you that, Jens. <clears throat> You've done that quite a few times throughout your career where you come in and you take a team fucking, they could be last place to make playoffs. What like coming in, like what's the first thing you're changing or what you're looking for? Is it toughness, goal scoring? I know you don't have many, many options with imports, but I've always wanted to know like what you look for. Yeah. What's your strategy? I, I am getting the reputation as the kind of saying, call it the fixer, right? He'll fix it up for you. <laughs> but I don't know if I'd like that or not. And my wife, Julie, says, no, that's a good thing for you. I said, well, I don't know if I like that. Go fix the fucking light in the kitchen. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of funny because it always happens the same way. You take over as new coach comes in, he wins the first couple games. Then you lose like six or seven. Then you figure out what you have. And then if you can get them to overcome it and, and get them to work hard, how you want them to work and your system and all that, uh, I've been successful in that way. This team this year was kind of a nightmare. I don't know if we could fix it. We're trying. Like, it's, uh, we have made great strides. Like we're at 14 points out of it. Now we're, we got down to three. So we still wow. got a little, still a little ways to go. Like right in Germany, if you end up in 14th place, they have a relegation. Yeah. So if the team in the B League wins, you go down, they come up. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to save this team is just from relegation to save. And the fans here are amazing. Like the fans are incredible. It's a great atmosphere at the games. Like you're legit trying to save the team. <laughs> like they trying to be. keep them in. Trying to keep them <laughs> in the A League. Yes. That's crazy. So Ingolstadt, uh, where you are, have you been there? Uh, Six years, is it? Seven? No, I was in Ingolstadt for five years, and now I'm in a place called Iserlone. Iserlone, different place. All right, okay. Yeah, he was there. just in Slovakia, or somewhere in, right? Yeah, I was in Slovakia last year. I took over to get a last place team, and yeah, yeah. How yeah, was that language barrier? There had to be guys that didn't know English. Oh, yeah, that was a tough one. That was a tough one. But you know what? A beer is only a buck fifty. <laughs> <laughs> It was a very so, cheap country to live in. So you said, uh, you mentioned your wife. Now, how many kids? Uh, three, three girls. Tiger used uh -huh. to babysit. Tiger used to babysit yeah. my kids. Uh, and he said that they have, I don't they know have if, kids. He's a grandpa now, Grandpa Shed. I, I don't know if I would, I would have been that brave to let him babysit the kids. <laughs> I think I, I was know. a little, young, I was a little young and dumb at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, how difficult that. Family life. God, your wife has to be so understanding, moving around like you have all these years. That's a diff that's difficult on a relationship and a family. How 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 would how'd you get through that with your wife and kids? Chris, she loved every second of it. She we're moving, okay. She'd pack up the apartment in a half a day and be ready to go. Like every move we made, she was ready to go. Let's do it, let's do it. Like, you know, 
you know, Wichita, Louisiana, Memphis. Uh, God Atlanta, bless her. Newfoundland. Yeah. No, she's great for sure. So no, she she loved and she just loved living in new places and new new uh, you know new stories like and new restaurants like she's and the kids the kids had a great growing up that like they you know they're they're most years three years in Helsinki and then like eight in Switzerland. So how all many languages school, do they know? Do they know multiple languages? Yeah, English and uh, profanity. <laughs> <laughs> No, but, but their their major years of school, they they grew up in Switzerland. So you know what an wow. education that was. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, it was great. It was it was unreal, unreal. So the kids all grown and gone now. Yeah, yeah. One yeah. lives in uh, Liza lives. Uh, my oldest is in a uh, school teacher in uh, Barrie. Yeah. Uh, Liza lives in Manhattan, and Lid Liddy lives in the Finger Lakes up in Canadagua. Oh, cool, 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 cool. It's I mean, funny. are you are you hoping and dreaming? I mean, are you still trying to? Would you want to coach in the NHL still? Or are you even thinking about that? I think that boat boat has sailed. Yeah. Okay. So, I, would I like to be a pro scout in the NHL or something and come home yeah. and and do something like that? Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to. And you know, I've almost had a couple chances that didn't go through, but uh, yeah, I'll keep looking for that. Wow. So, um, when the season's over, there, do you pack up and come right home? Yeah, I live in Marco Island in Florida. Okay, so you come back to uh, Florida. I get back home and get on that golf course and get out in that ocean oh, and fish you? as fast as I can. Fish, yeah. What do you? That's right. You're big fishing fish. too, huh? I love fishing. I could go every day. Right here, you got a fishing partner. Let do me go tell out, you. Do you go out in Boston quite a bit? Well, I live in Montreal now. I'm back oh, in Montreal. Yep. Okay. I moved back for a radio job back uh, in 2011, after I got sober. And then um, I had that for 10 years. I got fired because I wouldn't get vaccinated. And I started this podcast with Tim. Yeah. yeah. Well, you guys, you guys are doing a great job. It's a great show. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate, appreciate it. it. You, you like coaching or playing better? We didn't, I wanted to ask you that. Coaching or playing? Well, I've done the coaching so long, I forgot about it. I played. I, you know, I'm like I'm, I'm like I'm like Bruce Boudreaux. Boudreaux says I can't skate anymore. <laughs> I can still pass though. I've missed a pass in 25 years. Well, you know, it, it's funny you bring up his name because I, I I looked at Bruce. I played against Bruce down there, 100 points in the American League, and Every back year. when back when we were coming into the league. Again, you didn't have to be the fastest skater on earth to play in the NHL. If you could put points up. There's a guy, I think, that got screwed over as a player. Now, I don't know the whole story. And then he almost got fucking buried as a coach until that break he got in Washington. And then the career he's had in the NHL, it's unbelievable. He finally got a chance. Like, man, you, again, I, I just look at... Some guys just never get that fucking chance. Here we are talking to you. Would you coach in the NHL? You'd think it sailed the ship, but you just never know. But here you get an opportunity, and I'm sure you could coach in the NHL. And, it's, it, again, it's who, who you're fucking tied to sometimes, right? 100%. 100%. And, you know, and Boudreaux's the type of player, and, you know, I, I pl played with Gabby and I played against him. I don't care what league he'd be in. He'd still get 100 points that he was that good. He just wasn't the, he wasn't the fastest guy in the rink. And he didn't yeah. have the best shot, but he certainly might have been the smartest guy in the rink. Yeah.
Yeah, for sure. You look at him now, you'd be, I'm sure a guy goes, that fucking guy played in the Who, NHL? Who's this? Are you still hey. talking about Boudreaux? Yeah. He oh, like, God, yeah. You see he looks like, like a mailman. He's got like, like ketchup on his shirt. Or like he's, got, like he's just a mess. It's like, yeah. <laughs> uh, he's, he, he's Popeye that aged. He is a fucking character. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he's a character, you know? Yeah. Hey, what was that? What was it? Your, oh, go ahead. What were you saying? No, I, I, I talked actually. I've talked to him quite a bit lately because he was coaching the Stanley Cup, and so he called me and asked me just uh, what it was all about. I was going to say, what was that year in uh, Russia like? I mean, you weren't there long, but out of all the you know places you played, that place is where they. What was it like? I guess in Zagreb. Yeah. Well, I took your ass out for dinner one night, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I played against. There's the only time I played against Sheds, and we had a shootout. And that's, I remember you were just looking at me, like telling me you better not be going. And then I went and scored the game winner, of course. Yeah, you did, you little prick. Yeah, you <laughs> no, um, well, you, you know Russia better than I do. Like that was an amazing experience. Uh, you see places that you don't want to retire in. You know, <laughs> you, you would you would sleep on top of the covers there because you're afraid about getting in bed covers there. It was just, it was just a, 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 I had... I got chromatosis, so they got to take blood out of my body every two months. And the doctor would be having a smoke and a glass of wine taking the blood out of my body in the dressing room. <laughs> like, it's just, there's more stories about that. And just, the you know, going through Moscow, taking all, yeah. the, all the equipment off the plane, four hours to put it back on the plane to go through customs. And, like, it, it, it was crazy. Crazy. That's right, because you were in Croatia. That's right. I forgot about that. That makes so every sense. time we come into Russia, we had to go through customs. Yeah. Would you ever coach there, or like not even Zagreb, but like in the KHL? Would you ever look to go there? I wouldn't say no to I anybody. Mean, yeah. I mean, I always say I'll listen. <laughs> like I had a chance of going to Nate Nagorst that one time, and I should have went there. Yeah, you would have liked it there. Yeah. That's when Paul Maurice they hired him. I, I said no, and they hired Paul Maurice and. They won a championship. And That's no, because I probably would have played for him again. Instead, you know, he left me with Keenan, who, yeah, and, you know, your, your I still buddy, wake up. He coaches, he coaches the Italian national team now. What? Uh, he does? Yeah. Uh, good for him. We had yes. him on. We had him on. So We had him on, and it's funny, you know, I, I said, Mike, you know, I've met you a couple times now, but everybody I talked to that played for you, I asked them about Mike Keenan, they say, ah, oh, he was a fucking prick. I said, what do you got to say about that? He said, I was, but I was a nice prick. Tiger hated him. Yeah, he was well, just fucking, it was, you know, like Sheds, I was, I was telling Chris before you came on, like how you were, you know, he asked how you were with imports. And I was like, Sheds like relied on imports and like, you know, did the best he could with them and. Well, I went, for, I went for drinks with you guys, too, all the time. Yeah, no, like, it was guys. awesome. It yeah. was awesome. Like, you, you, he, when I got, when I got there to Magnitogorsk, Keenan, like, it was like, we, like, I was, like, a, I you was, might like, well just, Russian. yeah, I didn't know what the fuck, yeah. I didn't even know how to explain it. I was like, wait a minute, we're, like, the two only Americans, <laughs> like, you know, North Americans. But, yeah, he was different, for sure. So, um, Lugano's your favorite place um, Without to a live. Doubt. Without a doubt. Favorite place to coach you? What was it best year coaching over there? Um, for you, you know what? Like most rewarding. I, I would say the Okrit, the year I coached yeah. the Okrit and the Finnish national team. I did both jobs, so it was a busy year. I didn't get it too many days off that year, but that was probably the most fun I've had in hockey in a long time. Where I did I both. I agree. No, you know, I agree. And I coached, you know, I coached Solani and the Koivu brothers and all those guys. So that, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I guess right. Yeah, uh, at that level. 
Um, the um, I want to know now. You can't you can't add the lockout year in this when you had NHL players over there. But who was the best player that you coached that maybe never played in the NHL, oh, but maybe yeah. could have played in the NHL? Yeah, well. Is that too know. broad a question? Or? Well, the, Donnie Parsons, Boston guy. Yeah. If you put, put up in American League pro hockey players scoring, Donnie might be top three or top four. He played for me for probably 10 years in Louisiana, Flint, uh, Memphis. Um, guy had an amazing career at the double-A level. Yeah. And I really enjoyed, I coached him a long time. Josh Holden's another name that pops open that I, I coached in Zook for a long time. Um, but, you know, to be able to coach a guy like Zetterberg in the lockout, Zetterberg came and played in Zook. He was pretty, pretty amazing player. Yeah, huh? Uh, Slani, his attitude, how he, you know, just the type of guy he was. Like, you know, those type of guys, you know, the reason they're superstars is because they're great people too. Yeah, what's right. what's your like has your style Stapleton, changed Stapleton. Yeah, okay okay that's <laughs> fuck i was gonna call my therapist anyways, <laughs> this guy chris this guy was one of my all-time favorites no we just had it was a big huge part of my career for sure sheds i appreciate obviously all that i was gonna ask you uh i forgot what i was gonna ask i start crying and no i was gonna ask uh <laughs> Uh, oh, hey, is your like as you obviously the games changed and how you treat the players and all that kind of stuff. Is that change as a coach over there too? Oh, absolutely. Like you know, we're I'm getting older and you know the players obviously getting younger. It used to be when I started coaching, the players was kind of the same age as me, and you're you know kind of hanging out with them sometimes, or the wives would hang out. But now the gap's getting really big. Now it's like you know forty years type of thing, and so like. I think you still got to stay young. You got, you got to be able to identify with these guys and how they think and how they act, and and still you know uh, communicate with them and on the you know on the. Yeah, but you could be hard on a guy fucking fifteen years ago. Like now, I mean, it's hard to be hard on a guy without. Well, you know, the, just... the snowflakes are a little different now. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't be quite as hard. Like I'm, I'm not near as a prick as I used to yeah. be. But that's for sure. That's for sure. They tiptoed through the tulip, some of them today, right? It's tiny, like, tiny Tim, yeah. tiny Tim, tiny yeah. Tim. You know, do you, song. you like the iPads? I gotta ask you that. You oh, like the fuck. iPads on the bench? I don't know if you guys get them, but I'm just saying, do you like that idea? We're not that tech savvy. No, I actually <laughs> I had them in Slovakia. And I thought it was pretty cool. I don't have them here in Germany. Mm. I fucking hate those things. <laughs> I hate them. I, I told Tim if I call, I'd fucking smash someone over the head with it, my career would be over. Yeah, that's like, right. hey, that's an $800 iPad. <laughs> <laughs> you get billed for it. But really, like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Our oh. era. And I know it's a new era, but, you know, fuck you. Come back to the bench. Fucking get your breath. You got to talk to somebody. Talk to your line mate. And if you need to see something, fucking go in and see the coach between periods. Like, can I see that play? Yeah. I, I just see they always go to the fucking thing. I'm like, put the fucking thing down. Next, next shift mentality. Next shift. Yeah. Focus on the so next I, shift. And, you know, the ones that we had in, in Slovakia, I'd turn around and, you know, my, you know, assistant would be, you know, when you fucking hit in reverse, you're hitting fast forward. You're not seeing it anyways. You only got like four seconds to see something, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
can't find it. I lost it. (laughs) It's three stooges back there. (laughs) So if you could explain to me in a little bit what your coaching philosophy is, if I'm going to hire you, what are you going to tell me? You know what? I I, I think a lot of times I've had a high offense teams. Like I've always had the highest score in the league and stuff like that. Puck possession. I I really like, and I've played a one, three, one a lot too. And, uh-huh. Um, and, and I know people don't play a one-three-one lot, but uh, you know I, I, the right winger, and it's not a setback. It's a very aggressive one. With right winger fucking chases like hell. The right defenseman's up on the forecheck. The centerman's covering the middle. The left winger's got the left side. Then you got your cheater defenseman at the back. So I played that system a long time, and it's been very, you know, really the right winger usually leads. You know, the, your best right winger usually leads lead, leads the league in scoring. Yeah. Uh-huh. So. You know, I've always kind of been that way. And, you know, your special teams always got to be special top four in the league. Uh, You know, I practice those things a lot. Not much penalty killing. Penalty killing is more a video because I don't want guys blocking shots in practice every day. So he would shed you're good. He was unbelievable at getting a player to, you know, be be great at what they, you know, what they're great at. You know, yeah, like, like Clark, you probably well, Clark, yeah, Clark, yeah, exactly, exactly. Clark, Clark Williams is a good example, like what he could do for. You know, I knew he could kill penalties. He net front power play. He shut down the other team's top line every night. Like, you know, those role players, Chris, like those role players are so important for success of any coach, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's no question. Uh, how about um, the the uh, therapist end of things? And I'm sure you've, you've uh, grown over the years, but has your door always been open where you come, guys – Guys feel comfortable coming in and sitting down with you. A hundred percent. And what I do a lot of times too is I'll take a guy and say, "Let's go meet at a restaurant and have a beer together." So they they feel a lot more comfortable outside the, you know, my office where they're intimidated. So yeah. I'll do I'll do that a lot and meet players for either you know dinner or lunch or let's just let's go have a beer and shoot the shit. Uh, so yeah, I, I just look at God. I look at your coaching coaching resume and I. I, I I'm I'm jealous, and I I say that because I looking at the places you've been and you've lived. Because you know what, to get to do that, to get to travel around, see the world, and do what you love to do. I mean, that's got to be awesome. You know, I mean, you know, no, I got. How I do you look bit. at that when you look back at all you've accomplished there over the years? Well, I, I mean, I've got a big, life. I got a big milestone coming up. I'm three wins away from twelve hundred. Wow. Um, People go twelve hundred games. I said no, twelve hundred wins. Wow! That's a big How many games are left in the season? Um, we got ten left. Oh, so well, I better get it. You go, you go, you go two and eight. <laughs> oh, thanks, Tim. Yeah, two and eight. No, so, it is awesome, and it's incredible because you're an import, and you're just you know that's got to be tough to be well, an import. You know, we don't but, play eighty ga- We don't play eighty games a year here either. Yeah, we only play true. 52, yeah. 56, whatever it is. But uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty proud of that, and I'm pretty proud, you know, of, you know, you I, I, that you've hung around this long. Like coaching's mm-hmm. like, you know, a lot of guys go two or three years without a job sometimes, and I've never gone one year without a job. So I'm pretty proud about that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, now, I need and would like the honest to God truth about the scouting report on Tim. But hold on. Could I, I need the scouting report. The one on, thing, though, I'll on say. On Tiger. When I came out in that tryout in Finland, I told Nux this. I'm like, man, I, 
Try I it. had one assist in four games. And there was, it's like, as an import, like, that's not, you don't keep a guy like, you like, basically what I'm saying is you did take a kind of a chance on me. So I want to know. No, why. When, no, when he, I, I want to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, I'm already texting Sheds. I'm like, hey, take it easy on me. No, go, no. Ahead. go ahead. I know the whole story. I remember like yesterday, Maddie Berman, who was our general manager. Um, he was well connected with Tiger's agent. Billy Zeno. Matt, Maddie came to me and said, uh, we're bringing this kid over out of college for a tryout. I said, okay. And I remember my daughter's boyfriend was in town at the time, Tiger, I think. Skating, yeah, he skated with us. Yeah, and Tiger went out for one practice and I walked upstairs and I said, fucking sign him. One practice, I saw him, one practice said, are you crazy? Just sign the guy right now. And he ended up, you know. Um, no, I, I had, yeah. I mean, hey, hey, bench. hey, Tim, shut up. <laughs> Okay, all right. All number right, one, number number one, he could skate. He had great hands. He wasn't afraid, and you know the league obviously wasn't that physical of a league at that time. But right. like his his raw offensive ability was amazing, and he was a great kid. So like it was mm-hmm. easy. Like I think was the first year he in the top ten scoring. Uh, yeah. I don't for know. Sure, I know. For sure, the yeah, okay, you know. thirty-five goals. Tw- no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the second year was like top 10 because Billy Leno was my lineman. He had like a 95 points. In Santala. In Santala, yeah. But the yeah, first year the, I ended up coming around. I had a good, really good playoffs the first year. But, that was the best yeah. year. That was the best line in the whole league. Santala, Leno, and, and Tiger were the best line by a mile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's good to hear. And we could have won the championship that first year, but we had 10 guys that went on the operating table after the finals against Carpet. 10 guys yeah. operated. It's unbelievable. And Nux, too. I was, you know, like, uh, opportunity. It was like I got, you know, there was some luck involved because there was no import signed when I came in. There was not one. It was, I was the first one, right? We brought Clark over, Keith right? Clark, the, Clark came over after me. Yeah, and then Schnabel. You brought Ryan Van and Bush. We had Bushy come in for, like, two games to fight, and then he went I, home. I told that story <laughs> the other day. <laughs> Tell the story. Tell Nux. It's kind What's of a that? incredible story. That, you, you remember Ryan Van de Bush? Tough guy. Yep. Oh yeah, I know Bushy. He, he wasn't very big guy, obviously, but he comes over and you know he's never been to Europe before, and we're playing IFK, which is the other Helsinki team, and we're Yokerit and Helsinki. So the tough guy, uh, Nelikai, is Nelikain, right? Nelikain. Mm-hmm. He uh, he did all the video work on Vandebush, saw all his fights and all that. So I said to Ryan, I said, whatever you do, do not fight tonight. He goes, really? I said, no, don't, because they'll make a big deal of it, and, and it'll just be a disaster. You'll get suspended. So first shift, Ryan's on the fourth line. Their fourth line goes out. There's a face-off in front of our bench. So Nella Kynes, you know, giving Bushy this one. Let's go, let's go. Bushy turns around and looks right at me. I said, don't fucking look at me. Don't look at me. So I'm going like this. All, all the cameras go, I'm going like this. Don't, do not fight him. So, but he couldn't, you know, he had to fight him. He had to yeah. fight him. Yeah. But it was team, a big deal. Yeah. The team's got fined 25,000 euros a piece. They both, uh, both guys got suspended. But, but that's how it was, was, though, Nux. It was like, there was, there was like one tough guy in the league, right? Yeah. Like, that's, like, this guy was like the toughest, scariest in the league. And then we just, we signed Van and Bushy fights him the first game. It was a big deal. Did Bushy well, give it to him? Yeah, yeah. It was a good. It was a good fight. It was both was guys good. were pretty tough. But but you know what? They made a big deal. You know, it's goon hockey. I said, well, I'll tell you one thing. There's twelve thousand people at that game. Not one person got up and left. No, <laughs> no. And, and and over there, that's another thing. The fighting end of it, you don't hear much of it. You don't see much of it. But it does happen now and again. You know. Yeah, once in a while, like you know, uh, you know, 
you know, would you see four or five scraps a year? Probably, right? Yeah. Not much, not yeah, much. Yeah, yeah, there's not much fighting, but guys don't play scared. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, no. tough. Yeah, I mean, no. guys fucking, they run you. The, the German um, league's pretty physical. The German league's kind of like a, an American league where it's a little bit more physical. Yeah. Momesso played over there, Sergio, uh, when he left uh, the NHL. He said he loved playing in Germany. Really great. It's, it. You know what? It's a great league. Every rink is sold out every night. I don't care if it's 20,000 in Cologne, 18,000 in Berlin, 17,000 in Mannheim. Every rink is sold out every night. Yeah, Nux, they're like, all these leagues we're talking about, like there's import rules. Like Finland, yeah. you're allowed like three non, you know, Finnish passports. In Germany, you get, it's like half the team is like North American. Right? Yeah, it's, you're, you're allowed, nine guys can play, yeah. nine North American, nine, you know, nine non-imports can play. Yeah. So it's, it's cool. you know, so a lot of the, you know, again, we just picked up Nick Ritchie. He was in Finland. And hate, he was an Udo Tiger, so he, he hated it, hated it. <laughs> So now he's come here and everybody's speaking English in the dressing room. He goes, oh, this is great. This is great. Has the Finnish league changed since you coached there? Like, is it, is it not? It's different right now. It yeah, was like the, bird, but the most North American style kind of hockey back then. Yeah, plus they, they, there's a non-import rule. Now you can have as many as Oh, want. really? Yeah, because oh, okay. you can't stop, you can't stop uh, um, European guys from working in different countries now. So they, they had to open up the borders. Good stuff. Hey, uh, Doug Shedden, uh, this has been awesome. I, I really impressed with your career and what you've done. Thank you've you. Stuck with it. You've done well. You made a, a nice life for yourself. You got to travel the world and do what you love to do. That's just awesome. Listen, we never met. We played against each other. Always respected you as a player and uh, even Me more too. so as a coach now, what you've Me done. That's, that's really cool. Me too, Chris. Me too. I've always really been a fan of yours, and I'm glad you're doing great. And life's taking care of you. That's awesome. Uh, thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate it. No, Listen, thanks, for thanks for having me yeah, on. I've been, thanks, I've, been, I've been bugging Tiger a long time. He yet. has bugged uh, me a little bit. He's like, hey, are you fucking... I was like, look at you. Um, you got well, all these other nerds on all the time. <laughs> Get me on. <laughs> Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Raw Knuckles podcast. Don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe.